Oh, great to see you here this morning. Who's enjoying the presence of God here today? So I've got a community service announcement to bring, and that is that um, there's going to be some changes. You'll see some changes here this morning, and that is uh, they call it uh, uh, social um, social distancing. So uh, federal government has brought in some rules lately. You realise that it doesn't just affect uh, the AFL and the Grand Prix in Melbourne, but it affects gatherings of people all across Australia. So um, just for for the next uh, period of time, not sure how when, uh, how long it will be. Um, they're asking that if we are gathering together that we take precautions of uh, social contact. So don't shake hands, don't hug, don't kiss, all those sorts of things. So uh, bear with us with that. It's just a, uh, a thing that's being uh, brought upon us right across the nation to try and keep the spread of this uh, coronavirus under control. So I know you might be thinking, but we're a church, but you know there are churches around Australia today who have had to cancel their services because they have too many people in the one place. So we've, we've got to realise that uh, we are uh, blessed to be able to um, still meet together as a church. So just be aware of that. So other things that we have to, that we've um, decided to do is we, we won't be serving biscuits so that everyone might be having their hands in the same biscuit jar. So sorry everybody for that. Um, and uh, uh, tonight for our evening service, we always have a meal and we have people bring desserts, but don't bring dessert. We're going to provide it so that uh, we have more uh, transparency and control over what happens there. So is that cool? Yeah, okay. So it's a, br- a brave new world in which we find ourselves today. So <clears throat> let's just pray this morning and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something to us as we preach. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the power that is in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live uh, you know, like being um, controlled and, and manipulated by uh, the things that happen around us, but we want to live with freedom that is found in the name of Jesus. So I just pray today that you cause this word to uh, touch people's hearts and release something powerful today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got a couple here from Mount Barker today. Great to have you with us. Sorry, I've forgotten your names off the top of my head, but it's great to have you here. Uh, they're from my old, my old neck of the woods, Mount Barker, great place. So if you are here with us and you're visiting from somewhere else, there's a few other faces I, I see that are unfamiliar, great to have you with us, and I'll love to catch you after the service and have a coffee or something like that. So who's ready for the word this morning? So this, this Monday, Tuesday this week was uh, the festival of Purim in Israel and uh, that is the celebration that the, that the uh, Jewish people do uh, and they have done ever since the days of Esther because that's a story of when the, the enemy, the devil, wanted to destroy the people of Israel and uh, what happened through Esther is what the enemy planned for evil, God turned around for good. And it's a great story of a victory that God brought the people of, the people of God through into a very, very uh, amazing victory. And that's the kind of life that we, we want to live in, in those kinds of victories. So uh, perhaps this morning there might be a pure moment in your life where you realize that the very things that the enemy planned to destroy you are the things that God is going to use to position you for his reason and for his blessing over your life. So if you want to read the story, get, get a Bible and read the book of Esther. It's all in there. But today is part one of the message that I spoke um, I spoke last week on, on victory in the desert. That was part two. Now, today we're going to do part one. So, um, I don't know why it's like that, but it's just how it turned out. But last week, 
part two, we learnt that uh, there are three things that God does in our desert times. And we, we, re- we, we connected the word desert and our trouble. Trouble times are like the desert season. So in, in the desert times, we see that God brings a purification in our life. So I'm just going to do a quick recap, then we'll get into the rest of it today. So God does a purification in our life. That was what's, what happens in the desert stays in the desert. Learn to bury things behind you and move on. That's what the purification is about. And the second thing we saw last week was the desert times and the trouble times in our life are a season for God's protection. And also, very importantly, if you remember, it's when we find out who our friends really are. It's through that desert, those troubled times. And the third thing is, is we see God's provision. When we've got no way of pro- providing for ourselves, then we see God's provision come. And it's also that provision stage is where we really learn to trust God, preparing ourselves for the calling and the ministry that God may have for us. So that was last week. But in trouble or desert seasons, we have to operate spiritual disciplines to, uh, to, to make our way through for spiritual breakthroughs in our lives and in the church. So I'll just clarify that. What's a spiritual discipline? So some of them, they're really easy, but uh, you, you need to discipline yourselves, especially in the dry times, in the desert seasons, because that is what's going to get you through. It's going to carry you through. So if you, who wants to know the disciplines that you need to, to do? Uh, they're not in my notes. They are read your Bible. That's a good one to start with. Read your Bible. Get acquainted with the Word of God because you won't love Jesus any more than you love His Word. So, so read your Bible. The, the second one is to be a prayer. Uh, pray in the desert seasons and, and pray in the good seasons, but learn to do these disciplines because they will grow you. They'll make you strong. If you talk to a bodybuilder, what, what are the elements of bodybuilding? There's, there's a lot of elements. There's exercise. There's good food. There's good nutrition. The Word of God brings you good nutrition to your soul. Then, uh, so read your Bible, pray a lot, and the other one is to be in fellowship. Find yourself a good church and connect to it and be there and be active in it. Active isn't just turning up. Active is saying, what is my part? God, what did you create me for? So to put those three disciplines in place, and whether you're in a desert season or a tough trial at the moment, uh, you, will, you will get through and learn a lot more when you put those disciplines in place. So that was just a freebie there this morning, not in the notes. So one of the things, that, so this, this year our theme, or this season I should say, is, is victory. That, that word victory means a lot because I know being a Christian for a long time, I've often um, been in places where we talk a lot about warfare, spiritual warfare, you know, the fight this and spiritual battles. But we often don't talk about, let's just live in the victories. Let's live in the blessings. Let's live in the goodness of God. And sometimes when, as I started this whole series, we have, we have whole churches that, that when they uh, don't have an enemy to fight, they start to fight each other. And that's not what we want to do. When we don't have an enemy, we, we want to celebrate, we want to enjoy life, and we want to enjoy the blessings of God. <clears throat> but one thing it, it is, I've found that it, it is possible to be so comfortable accepting spiritual defeat, that we, that we, can, we can just accept living in a lifestyle of spiritually being defeated. Uh, it's like a condition. Now, defeat is the opposite to victory. It has its own language. Um, it has its own beliefs. Um, it has its own friends. And they're all not from God. And sometimes I think we, we surround ourselves t- sometimes with people who make us feel comfortable or who reinforce the ideas that we have about God. 
And so we go, well, there's, there's some people in my church, that they're, they're, they're living in defeat, but, but I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that level of living. But you know what? I want us to, to start to challenge those things and start to uh, develop and grow into a new reality, a new spiritual level of life that is victorious. So there's two scriptures that confirm to me this, this uh, direction that we're going in with victory. And they came to me, I think it was probably August last year while I was having a prayer time away up in Alliston and uh, just spending some time with God and I got these, these ideas, I guess, from the Holy Spirit. But the, the, there's two particular scriptures that confirmed it to me. Um, one was 1 Corinthians 15 verse 2, just the very first part of it. And it says, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. And I want to I encourage you today in those words to continue to believe. Now, what is it that we believe? We've got to believe the message that Jesus Christ came and dealt with our sin. When we get that part right, we can start to deal effectively in every other aspect of our life. So the good news is Jesus died for our sins, that he rose again, that he conquered sin and death, and that we can be made right with God when we believe. So there's a lot of people, I, I, I feel, that uh, find their way into churches and perhaps plonk themselves in a church for many, many, many years, and somehow they've, they've made a, an intellectual decision, perhaps. They've made a, uh, an emotional decision, but they haven't had a spiritual breakthrough in their life that changes their whole perspective, that brings them to the point of, of, of desire to say, well, God, I know what I was and I know what I am today, and I'm so grateful and I just want to serve you. I want to find my way into, into uh, getting closer and closer to you, Lord. So I, I believe that we, we need to be a people like that. I want everyone to believe. I want everyone to be saved and be sure of it so that there, there is an enemy to your soul and uh, he's the devil, it's Satan, and he wins when we don't believe. So when we live in a way that, that, that professes that we don't believe, God is Lord. So things that prove that are our unbelief, our fear, our doubt, if that was a, if that was a, um, a mathematical sum, sum, it would equal uh, being a weak, immature, spiritually defeated person. Um, the, on the other hand, we want to be people who uh, are in, vic in victory, and that is believing. It's having faith in Jesus. That, that's uh, taking us to being strong spiritually and taking us on to maturity. So I'll just divert, diverse for a minute before we get to the next, to the next uh, verse. And that is Matthew, I want us to look at Matthew 13, verse 3 to 8. And it says this, this is Jesus speaking, A farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So when Jesus told this story to his disciples, they didn't get it. They didn't understand what he was talking about. So they came to him later and he had to explain to them what this was about. And basically what Jesus was saying is good seed won't grow in bad soil. And the, the, the challenge for us is to be a person that is, is uh, 
cultivating the right kind of a life, the right kind of a soil, so that when God's word is implanted, something will grow, something will, will increase, something better will come of that. So Matthew 13, verses 18 to 23, we'll see some things. Seed fell on the footpath. It describes that those who hear the message but don't understand it. And it says the devil snatches away what was planted. So we see that sometimes. A seed on rocky soil, those who hear it immediately receive it, but they fall away at the first problem, at the first trouble, the first desert experience. They're like, that's it, see you later. Um, seed among thorns. And by the way, on that one, seed that um, uh, fell on rocky soil, they hear it and receive it, but they fall away at the first problem. One, when we've, got to, we've got to understand when we become a Christian, when we follow Jesus, it's not a, a get out of jail for free card. It's not now all your problems are going to vanish. Now all your speeding tickets are going to dissolve. It's not that. It means that you walk in a new walk. You walk with Jesus. You walk in a new way. It's not you're going to be absolved from all problems and, and troubles. It just means that you walk with God now. So seed among the thorns. They hear the word of God, but it quickly crowded out by the issues of life troubles again and then it says the seed that fell on good soil produces a great harvest and I want to be among a people or a church who produce the great harvest are you with me here this morning give me a hoy if you're with me here this morning amen <clears throat> that harvest begins when when we believe when you believe See, God has created us for spiritual things. Please don't let what God put in you get snatched away, like some of those you know, uh, examples there. So the second scripture that confirmed to me that, uh, that, that we've got to follow the Lord into victory is Psalm 118, verse 15. It says, songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. So the strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. And through those two scriptures, I felt God was showing me something to encourage us to live in victory. That was leading us into something for, for our whole church, for our whole lives to be led into victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. Um, songs can be an emotional expression of our heart. But, you know, I guess if, if we ask around the room, we all have songs that, that we love and we all have songs that we hate. Is that true? Songs of worship can change the spiritual atmosphere surrounding us. So songs and music to God have a powerful impact in our spirit. And we need to realize that. And, and every opportunity we have when we start to um, come into the house of God, we, we worship. It's not just a fill in the blanks until we get someone to speak or we do communion or whatever it is. It's a powerful expression of the church to Jesus that he is our master, that he is our king, that we are bringing worship to him. We're bringing thanks to him. I'm just signaling to the guy in the, in the thing. He's like, he's happy. Everyone say, great guy, you're happy. Because we all have, you know, music is an amazing thing. And when we bring our music to God, and, and I think God put music in people as an expression of his, of his artistic flair that is, is transposed into, into us. So the Israelites in the Bible would often go to war. I preached on this a few weeks ago. The Israelites in the Bible would often go to war with the musicians and singers out the front, with a worship team out the front. And uh, they would win battles before they got there. 
because the, the battle was being waged in the heavenlies, in the spiritual world that we can't see, but this, that, that was happening as they began to raise their hands, as they began to play the trumpets, as they began to worship and give praise and glory to, to God, then suddenly the enemy was, was uh, destroyed. The enemy would destroy themselves. So music has an amazing, uh, it, it is not only a creative art that God has gifted people with, but it is an amazing weapon of warfare. And I want, to, I want to encourage you, don't just come to church singing, well, I don't, feel like to, I don't feel like it today. Or they're not singing my favorite song today. Just come into the presence of God saying, Jesus, I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to sing with, with, the, with the voice that you've given me. And I want to, I want to uh, declare to everybody here in this room that you are the Lord of my life. That's what worship brings. That's what worship does. 2 Kings 3 verse 15. The story of, of Elijah and uh, music ha- has a powerful thing. Sorry, it's Elisha. He says, now bring me someone who can play the harp. And while the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. So the background to this story is the, the, king, the kings of Israel and Judah are on their way to war. But they, they are in a desert. They're in a dry wilderness type of a place. And there is no water for their army. Now, something about armies is an army can't fight when they're dehydrated. When they're dying of thirst, then they can't be effective. And so we found um, here in this story that they're in this place, two kings, Israel and Judah, going to, to war against some enemies. That, yeah, we could just use that as, as um, they're going to war against God's enemies. And they, can't, they suddenly realize, hey, there's no water out here. And, and everyone's starting to, to get weak. Now, they call upon Elisha, who is a prophet of God, to say, well, what should we do? Now, he calls for a worship session. You're thinking, what? He, was, he, he, he gets this uh, harp player to begin to play, and I think you know, people began to sing and people began to worship, and Elisha was singing songs of victory before there was a victory. And he's saying, well, I'm going to start to worship God when things look desperate, when things look, look dry, when things look like there's no, there's no logical way forward, you need to worship. You need to do that. And one of the things I really believe is, is vital for, for the church and why we need to come together in, in uh, church services like this is so that we have an expression of worship corporately because it does, say, it does something incredible in the spirit. So he, he calls for a worship session. 2 Kings 3, verse 17 and 19. Elisha, this man of God, he declares to these two kings and to the entire army that are all thirsty, he says, this valley will be filled with water and God will make you victorious. So Elisha prophesied a victory in the desert. So I want you to imagine right now today, uh, have faith for a moment. Have faith for just a moment over the trouble in your life. Jesus speaks, this valley will be filled with water. This desert will be filled with water. This issue that you're going through will be filled with water. So can I tell you today, there is something supernatural when you come to church and worship. I want to labor that this morning. I want to challenge you and, and, and propel you forward as a, as a person, as, as you 
Enter the house of God to come in with a different perspective. Come in with a different reasoning. Come in with a different desire to say, I'm not going to sit there with my hands in my pocket. I'm going I'm to raise my hand to the Lord. I'm going to declare He is Lord in my life. So every person here has a fight to fight. Every person here has a fight to fight over your trouble. You have a fight to fight in your desert. And you want to be prepared as much as you can. You don't want to wait till you get to the desert to realize I've got nothing to fight with. So you're building a deposit for yourself when you put these disciplines in place in your life. You've got to give yourself the best chance of victory. I want the best chance of victory. I want this church to have the best chance of victory. So no matter what the desert is that you're facing, give God that fight. Let God have the fight. You think, how am I going to do that? God, have the fight for me. And so you go, yeah, God, you can have the fight for me. Um, let's see what you're going to do. Knew it. You say, God, I'm giving you this fight because I see the victory before it comes. Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing as if it's done. I'm going to believe in your word. I'm going to come and I'm going to give you honor i'm going to give you glory i'm going to i'm going to make an offering and you 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 get out your wallet and you say god you can have it all whatever it is you you've got to do not just yet so no matter what the desert is that you're facing give god that fight whatever trouble that is that you are facing give god that fight so do you understand what i'm saying You've got to give God that fight by saying, Jesus, I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to give you my, my best praise. So someone here today, your fight has been with God. You've got to give up. You can't win. You can't win that one. But, but you've got to know this, that God is not at war with you. So, so many people get all bound up. and taught, I'm talking about Christians, churchy people. They're saying, but I've still got to fight with God. I had one person say to me one day, well, I'm angry with God. I'm mad at God and I'm allowed to be. You say, no, you're not. You're just being really, really stupid. So here's what, what this is all about. God will lead you into spiritual victories. He will lead you into health victories to be won. He'll bring you into financial victories to be won. Employment victories to be won. Uh, family and relation victories to be won. Career direction victories to be won. Jesus wants to lead us into all of these areas. So God did uh, a victory. Uh, he did victory miracles in the Bible. We were singing about that earlier. And we can expect godly victories in our personal life as well. We want to see spiritual victories in our church as well. Because we, we we're only just starting to, to see the potential of what God wants to do in our lives and through our church. So get back to our story and see what happened when Elisha prophesied. 2 Kings 3 verse 20. It says the next day about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared in the desert. It was flowing from the direction of Edom and soon there was water everywhere. I want you to, to grab a hold of that in your situation. You might be thinking, well, you know what, I've got so much trouble in my world, so much problem, so many, so many answers that I don't have an answer to. I've got a thirst in my life that just seems so huge. I want to tell you to hang on. Hang on to a word from God. This morning, I'll be the prophet. I want to prophesy over your situation. Imagine your battle. Imagine your trouble in a desert. And God is bringing a river where rivers don't flow. 
God is bringing a river where rivers don't flow into your circumstance, into your family, into your situation. Perhaps you've got, you've got issues and you think it's, a, it's just so simple in my life. It's just like you know, a husband and wife issue that doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be breached. God wants to say, I want to, I want to bring rivers into that desert. I want to bring rivers in, and water where water doesn't flow. That's why it's called a miracle. Genesis 35 verse 3. Now this is just moving on a bit now. Genesis 35 verse 3. Jacob, he said this, looking back at a, at a portion of his life, he's looking back and he's telling his, his family, he says, we are now going to Bethel. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the backgrounds of these, but he says, we are now going to Bethel where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. So Jacob said, in my trouble, God answered my prayers. In my wilderness, in my desert experience, God answered my prayers. And he says, God was with me. Basically, he's saying, God was with me all the time. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that God doesn't abandon us. He's with us through those wilderness experiences, through those those bad times. I've got to go back to Bethel. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because at Bethel, it means house of God. It's where Jacob was was leaving home. He was, he was running away. He's saying, well, I've got family issues. You know what? He had, some, he had some desert experiences that were created by himself. He stooged his brother out of the birthright. There's friction in the home. So he says, you know what? Uh, even though I got the birthright now, it's really uncomfortable around here. Ever done that? Won the fight, but you lose the battle? That's where he was. He's thinking, well, I scammed my brother's birthright, but now it's so uncomfortable, so toxic to live at home, I've got to move away. So he says, well, I'm moving away. The first night, he, he finds this random place in the wilderness. It says he got a rock to rest his head on. That's how hard up he was. His pillow is a rock. And so that he's going to need a lot, of, a lot of time with a physio after this. So he's sleeping on this rock and he sees this amazing vision of heaven and, and a stairway and angels coming and going. And he says, how awesome is this place? It's none other than the house of God, which is Bethel in, the, in that language. And, and he has this Bethel experience and he goes on, moves away. Uh, his whole life you know, takes on a different turn. And then he's returning back home again many, many years later. He's married, he's got children, he's got flocks, he's got herds. He's a blessed man. But he says, I've been through my wilderness seasons and I'm coming back. I'm going to go back to Bethel. I'm going to worship God there. So Jacob said, in my trouble, God answered my prayers. Again, that was all free. Can I have the musicians come and join me again, please? And I, I want to bring you to a place, wherever you may be in life right now, God has you and will lead you to victory. I want to encourage you today, you might think, but it seems like it's been so long. It seems like it's, there's so much things have changed. It seems like I'm so far from the purpose and the call of God. I'm so far from my Bethel right now. I want, to, I want to encourage you today. Jesus knows where you are and Jesus knows where he wants to take you. And if you will trust him and worship him and honor him with your life, you just never know what Jesus can do. I want to pray for people to give their, their fight and their trouble to God. Someone here today, you're overwhelmed by trouble. Perhaps we could just stand as a sign of um, inclusion today. I want to pray for people. I'm going to pray for you, but you need to worship Jesus over and over until the victory is complete. Perhaps we'll do that. And, and 
before we move on, we're going to have a moment of worship. You got something cool for us to worship? Something's going to challenge them? I want to encourage you right now. We're going to, we're going to do some practical. And we're going to, we, we've got heaps of time this morning. But we're going to do a practical. We're going to raise our hands. It doesn't matter if you've never done it before. If you don't feel comfortable, just do this. Better than nothing, do this. I'm going to pray, then we're going to worship. Because what we're going to do is we're going to declare a victory. You might think, but I don't see things changing. I don't, I don't feel a sense of difference. I don't know if this has been happening for so long in my life. It's just, been, it's just the way it's always going to be. No, no, no. That's what you see, but it's not what you declare. So you might see that, but you're going to declare something different. So we're going to sing together. We're going to worship. We're going to raise our hands and declare over those things victory in the desert. We're going to believe for rivers to flow in the desert. We're going to believe for water to be where water doesn't flow. So why don't we do that this morning? As I pray, then we're going to go straight into worship song, and then I'm going to come back and we'll wind it all up after that. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today for every single person here who's facing their, their desert season that it, whatever the trouble has been in their life, whatever the issues that have been around them, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus for breakthrough. I pray for victories in the desert. I pray for power in the name of Jesus to flow water where water doesn't flow and bring it into the driest and the most barren parts of our life and see a victory coming to place in our lives. So together, church, we're going to start to sing. We're going to begin to worship and we're going to believe Jesus Christ as we do that for breakthroughs to happen, for something to shift in the spiritual realm in the name of Jesus today. So thank you, Beth. Let's worship together. I just want to prophesy this morning over some people. Keep playing. Keep going. Keep that up there, guys. There's, there's many people here this morning. Perhaps there's even going to be people listening to this on the podcast that you've thought that the, the issues... That, are, that have been external that are actually issues that are in you and so you've been thinking well if I just get a different job if I just move house if I just change churches if I just stop ministry if I just do all these little things thinking that the problem is always something else something external you know I want to tell you something Jesus Christ came because he wants to deal with the internal that will change all the externals and we've got to stop blaming uh, and stop shifting our attention, stop ch turning our attention on the things that aren't the issue and start saying, Jesus, deal with the real issue in me. And I'll tell you something, when you start to live like that, you start to see breakthrough after breakthrough. You'll start to have a lifestyle of victory in your life because you're no longer running away from the battles. And the, the battle is you. The battle is is got to be submitted to Jesus Christ, which is your will against His will. So I want to tell you today, there's someone, I know this absolutely, I feel it's strong in my spirit today. There is someone and that you've been saying, you know what, it's, I've got to change, I've got to move, I've got to do something drastic. No, you don't. You just got to do something drastic in your heart. You got to say, Jesus, deal with this stuff in me. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, look to the left or the right or say, I need to go here or do that or change this. You just need to say, Jesus, change my heart. I'll tell you something, it's going to, it's going to sift everything in your life. It's going to settle a lot of the stuff, the, the unsettledness, the fear, the, the danger that you're walking in daily is due to your own stubbornness. And that, you know, we're not going to point you out we're not going to call you out or anything like that 
but I just want to say, let Jesus soften your life today. Let Jesus soften your heart today. Let Jesus bring you to that place of healing and wholeness today. So why don't we just sing this through another couple of times and to say, Jesus, like if that was you today, just say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me. I'm not going to do what I was planning to do. I'm going to let you deal with me instead. Come and do what you do.
just want to give you a couple of scriptures to, to encourage you this morning about the lifestyle of victory that Jesus wants you to, to have. Psalm 27 verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? I'll, uh, perhaps there's some of you here this morning, you think, I just wish there was something I could take away. Take away this scripture, Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is your light and He is your salvation. Uh, Psalm 27 verse 13 and 14. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. There's a key there. Be patient, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So I want to just leave you with those couple of scriptures this morning that the Lord uh, is with you. He wants to make your life better. He wants to cause you to grow into maturity as a believer. And uh, we're just going to um, uh, believe with you and go on the journey with you into all that God has planned for us. Is that good? Amen. That's good. God bless your church.